everybody. My name is Jacob Deaton, and we are here with Southern Wedding Professionals talking to the wonderful Kelly Prada with Golden Pineapple Wedding and Events. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. It is great. <laughs> How are you? Oh, I'm so great. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's an amazing time to be alive, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Ups and downs and all arounds. Oh, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Kelly, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your company? Absolutely. I'm a wedding and event planner. So I get to work with couples who are getting married, which is a lovely thing to do. I sometimes work with them for as long as a year or maybe longer. I have worked in as few as two weeks prior to a wedding to get everything coordinated and to wow. a wedding. Yeah. Two weeks? <laughs> two weeks, literally. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> so at that point, it's just, you know, event coordination where you're showing up on site to help drive the timeline, make sure the vendors are, are doing their thing correctly at the right time and taking some stress off the client. <laughs> but the client sure. has done everything else. <laughs> so it's a wide range from okay. full planning, yeah, helping clients select their venue, find all their vendors, make all their decisions to showing up and kind of managing just the day of. So would you say that you're primarily in the wedding field and you do corporate events kind of on the side or you just only do weddings? No, I definitely do some corporate events as well. I have okay. one great corporate client right now who I do a handful of events with every year, or at least I did until COVID. <laughs> okay, oh, we're boy. Yeah. Um, but, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But <laughs> I... I do enjoy having having a little bit of a mix of both. So in mm -hmm. my previous role as uh, an event coordinator for a catering and event design company in Atlanta, I, I got to do both corporate and weddings and it was almost a 50-50 split there. So I did enjoy that corporate side. Um, it is, it's a little bit more of a unique role though because I think destination management companies have a pretty good hold on, on the corporate market especially mm -hmm. in Atlanta. Uh, so it takes a very unique client um, for me to work well with them. And this company was such a great fit. Um, and it's really nice to have, to have that diversity. Awesome. Um, great. I, 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 you know, I find that a lot of, a lot of people that I, I speak with um, sort of have specialties, but they do a lot of things. You know, um, and I find that that variety really provides them, um, you know, more opportunity for, you know, for finding work. Yes. Yes, because you do get people who inquire about lots of different scenarios. <laughs> so you've got to be, you've got to be flexible in, in what you are doing. and You've got to be skilled to know how to do it in order right. to, yeah, to continue to attract and grow your business. Right. So um, maybe let's take a step back and talk about maybe how you got to this point. So maybe uh, where did you go to school? I went to Mercer in May. Okay. Mm -hmm. And majored in event and hospitality management there, which I still look back and I say, how did I land on that? As a <laughs> and I credit it to some great advisors that I had uh, in the business school. They helped me kind of find my niche, even though I didn't really know that that's what I was finding at the time. And I didn't think that that was going to end up being my career path. Right. But, um, I had a great experience at a career fair they hosted 
ran into a connection who ended up uh, working in Atlanta with catering mm -hmm. and event um, service experience. And she brought me on as kind of an assistant to her. And then she connected me via a um, expo at the Cobb Galleria um, as soon as okay. I did uh, with a company uh, bold events in Atlanta that I worked for for over 11 years <laughs> straight out of college. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, and in that company, I got to hold a lot of different roles. I started at the front desk as the sales assistant. I was doing Excel spreadsheets and taking phone calls and kind of helping all of the sales team to being an event coordinator, which I did for a very long time. But I also moved into the operations department and did hiring and staffing and payroll and HR for the front of the house team, which is servers, bartenders, and event managers, and got some really cool experience there as well. Wow. So it sounds like that you started just basically at like an admin position and worked your way up all the way to being um, a coordinator and an event planner. And then that's what that whole experience from sort of top to bottom kind of gave you the confidence probably that you needed to step out and start your own company, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm a pretty cautious person. So I, <laughs> yeah, I knew for a while that I wanted to make that leap and start my own company, but ha yeah, having years of experience and training, like having knowledge is definitely something that makes me feel comfortable. If I know what I'm talking about, I'm going to feel a lot more comfortable talking about it than speaking to something I don't know. And I think that's true for many people, but mm -hmm. I just wanted to have that base foundation before I was going to do anything on my own. <laughs> right. And I feel like that's something that's sort of lost in today's world of entrepreneurship. I feel like there's a lot of emphasis on people um, just jumping out and starting their own thing, but also there's a less value on people actually being like an apprentice or sort of working their way up through an mm -hmm. overall, like, or like a company or something. And then it, and then that experience then propels them into, you know, starting their own. Right. Um, I, I feel like a lot of the trendy stuff there is out there right now, like on the internet, if you watch any of these nerdy entrepreneurial videos that I, that, uh, like I watch, <laughs> Um, you know, is it says that like you basically your whole, the whole idea is that you're just supposed to do your own thing and you know, and right. you're going to make your own way. But like, there's so much learning that has to be done, especially yeah. for wedding and event coordination. I mean, like that, there's so many details that go into that. There are, and there's lots of opportunity for mistake. And I definitely got a lot of learning done by making mistakes and sometimes that's the only way you really can learn you just don't realize how many moving parts there are and how many things can go wrong until you experience it and i thankfully got to experience a lot of those mistakes while having the you know protection of of a company to where mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily always on my shoulders mm. and, and and i didn't have to worry about job security i knew that i had a team that supported me so sure um, i did get to do a lot of that learning and had the confidence when I went on on my own to to make fewer mistakes because they've been made and I've learned from them and I yeah I agree I think people think that they can start from from scratch and just launch a wedding planning company because they plan their own wedding and they think it's really fun and really cool and 
that's true, but it is still, it's a job and it is being of service to people and it is knowing how to manage crises and it is kind of knowing what you don't know or, you know, what your clients don't know and explaining those things to them. And unless you have years of experience doing it, you don't have that, that foundation. Right. That confidence to handle the crisis when it happens and to basically be a, as cool as a cucumber, as they say, um, and, and handling those things really gives your clients sort of a chance to understand that you've got this, you've got this under control and it never really sounds that alarm, um, right. for them because if they see you panic, then they're like, well, I should be panicking too, you know, right. like, um, yeah. so this, yeah, there's so much to that and there's so much to, um, uh, that, you know, just having that inner confidence from that experience of doing it for so long. Right. So you were with Bold, you said, for 11 years. Is that right? I was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so when did you, and, and so after 11 years, uh, you launched uh, Golden Pineapple, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. The timing's a little fuzzy. So I, I was with Bold 2006 to 2017. Okay. Yes. Yes, there you go. Do the math. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, and then I had it. And I knew, I kind of knew at that time I wanted to do my own thing, but as I said, I'm cautious. So I wasn't ready to just make that jump. And I mean, going from a steady company, you know, regular paycheck, health insurance, all these great perks to being self-employed. I don't know that that was, you know, I don't think I realized starting out that if I wanted to be a true wedding planner, that was going to be the route I have to go. There's not really big organizations out there that, that, hire planners and can give you a guaranteed salary and can give you benefits, you basically become a self-employed person. And so when I realized that, I said, wow, I really need to make sure I know what I'm doing before I make this decision. So I was wanting to do it. I had an opportunity come across my lap of um, working for the Atlanta Tech Village, which was going to change my overall schedule and kind of open me up to have weekends available to to take on wedding clients and still do my own thing but still have a full-time job and still have benefits so that i can kind of simultaneously do the two things so <clears throat> i took that opportunity and i really enjoyed it but i also realized that my desire to to do weddings and to be an entrepreneur was uh, overpowering. So at that point, I kind of had to to make the full time leap and and really get it going. Wow, there's like so much to unpack there. So let's um let's let's that's an incredible planning. I think personally, like I I find that um you thinking about I mean you literally thought a step between the steps. So many people would just literally just quit their job mm -hmm. <laughs> and they go straight to this and then wonder why they're broken six months. And that's <laughs> so smart. So many people don't do that. Yeah. Um, and, well, so, and had I not had the opportunity find me, I don't know that I would have made that decision necessarily, but I'm so thankful that I had that opportunity. <laughs> Right. Let's talk about the, the Techwood Village uh, job in between, just so that like we can draw context mm -hmm. for everybody. So you're planning weddings with Bold. You're doing these events, uh, both corporate mm -hmm. and, and wedding and stuff. And then you switch to the Techwood Village job, which opens up your weekends. Uh -huh. And then uh, what exactly did you do for them? Okay. Yeah. So it's the Atlanta Tech Village in Buckhead. 
uh, I got hired to do event and venue sales. So they had uh, several event spaces within their facility that they will rent out to organizations either within the, the building that are part of the Atlanta Tech Village or to outside companies. So I was doing sales, and it's kind of a, a dual role there where you're doing sales, you're doing logistical coordination, and you are actually on site executing those events. Most of them happen during the week, which is how I was able to have my weekends free. Um, and they do offer a lot of flexibility with the, pe the people in their organization, which was so wonderful. So uh, I wasn't held to certain hours having to, you know, come into the office. Um, everybody was on the kind of honor system. I mean, they did want you to have FaceTime there and everybody sure. on that team was so great and they showed up and they kicked butt and it was never a problem. But um, yes, pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, I think it was six months into the role. I just realized oh man, I want to be doing this, but my heart is, is, you know, here in my own company. And I was already kind of getting my website launched, um, you know, getting business cards made. And I already had so many great connections within the events industry. You know, I was really starting to get the word out there. Um, so I think after about six months, I just realized my heart's not in this and I can't do this anymore. So they were even more accommodating with me. They let me hop into another role that was kind of admin front desk and it was only part-time. Mm -hmm. And that let me take my, my company a step further and really get, get up and running. Wow. That, yeah. I think that's, I think that's amazing. I mean, mm -hmm. literally you figured out a way to sidestep and, and mm -hmm. use that crucial you said it was about six months right <laughs> yeah so then i yeah. spent another six months kind of at the at the front desk so it was about a year there full time that's incredible you yeah. literally figured out a way to still make money and still have your high priority time available for your potential clients as you built your business yeah and I, something else i should add to all of this fun um all of this fun <laughs> conversation is that while I was also making this transition, I got surprised um, by being pregnant. Oh. So, okay. Let me tell you about that. So I got <laughs> to, <laughs> basically, I said, okay, when I go on maternity leave, I'm just not coming back to this, this part-time position anymore. Mm. So then I was forced into, not forced into, but I, you know, wanted and physically needed to take just a hiatus a flat, you know, I'm not going to be working for several weeks to several months. And it, wow. I ended up taking about six months where I wasn't t uh, taking new clients or really doing much. And then when I was able to get back to work and, you know, focus on, on work again, I really yeah. hit the ground running. So, and that was in two, 2018 that I had my daughter in March and here we are summer 2020. So it hasn't been that long that I've really been you know, giving my company my all. And I'm kind of amazed at what I've been able to do in such a short amount of time. But I do credit a lot of that to all the connections that I made in that 11 years of putting in the work with Bold, for sure. Right. So, Go ahead. so let me draw the line here. So, so you went on maternity leave, and then you decided that um, you weren't going to come back to this job 
And so while you were on maternity leave, were you still serving clients then, or were you just dedicated to just basically being home and working on the brand itself and advertising, yeah. promotion, website, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, I was, for at least the first three months, I was pretty much not doing anything. Uh, I did start to do a little bit of work after that. I mean, I had, I had clients booked for, for future dates, like for fall 2018, but I didn't have anything going for spring because I just knew I wanted to give my daughter that, that time and attention and, and that I was not going to get that time back. So that spring and summer, I kind of took off and then I started to pick up again in the fall of 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. And so you, and so you came out of how, how long was it after you had your, uh, your child that you, that you just jumped right back into the game? I mean, was it like a week? Was it two weeks? Was it a few months? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a solid, I think six months for sure. Yeah. Awesome. And I was fortunate to be, to be able to, to do that. Thanks in large part to my husband for keeping us, <laughs> keeping us going. <laughs> Yeah. Teamwork makes a dream work, baby. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Wow. What a, what a story. I, I'm really, um, uh, I'm really in, inspired by that. Like I, I love the fact that you had that much careful planning and that you took that many, you know, those, those steps to kind of get to, uh, where you are. So like, um, what's an, what's an average wedding look like to you? Is it, are you, is most of your clients like, uh, full service or you are most of your clients like six months or, or I mean, or three months or one month. Uh, do you have like a sort of an average that you sort of do? I think most of my clients, the booking time frame is about a year in advance, but the majority of them are booking coordination level service only. Uh, I do have a handful of full service and partial planning each year, but I think right now my, my main focus is, is coordination. Uh, mm -hmm. so these clients, they have found their own venue. They are booking their own vendors. They're going through all the contracts with them. And then, and I'm, I'm in communication with them. As soon as they book, I give them some helpful tools, like a planning checklist and a questionnaire so that I can get details along the way, but I don't really start focusing on those until much closer to their event. I really kick into high gear with them a couple months in advance. Um, and I always, you know, want to be copied on their contracts and proposals and things along the way, but I'm not sure. necessarily helping them make those decisions. They are going through the, the edits and revisions and their vendor selection on their own. So I'm just coming in kind of those last 60 days to get everybody on the same page logistically, tie together any loose ends, and then execute day up. It sounds like to me that everybody sort of that I talk to about this kind of stuff always has their niche. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I do all of the things, but this is the thing that seems like I get called the most for. And for whatever reason, that's, that's what I do, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I think it's really cool that you sort of identified to some degree uh, mm -hmm. what your niche is in that you're, you know, people really look at you for coordinating and, mm -hmm. um, and sort of helping you with the, the broad strokes of things, but you're going to, you know, you're going to bring it home on the day of. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, me too. And I, I love the full service and partial planning because I get more of an opportunity to get to know the family, the couple, I get to more intimately know the details and day of it's, um, 
it's a, sometimes a little more personal and I get a little more emotional for those clients because I, I feel like I know them. <laughs> right, right, and, sure. Um, but it is definitely a lot more overall work. And so it's nice to only have a couple throughout the year <laughs> so that I can really give those people, you know, that time and attention that, that they need and deserve. So in your, in your now, I guess a few years of being, um, uh, as, as a company, how did the idea of the golden pineapple come about? We got, we, everybody wants to know, we probably should have asked this question first, like in the very beginning, like, what is this golden pineapple? What is this pineapple? But. All right, sure. It's a little bit of a long story. So I grew up in Noonan, Georgia, which is about 40 minutes south of the city on, uh, off I-85. And it is a lovely, historic uh, town. We grew up, my siblings and I, in a, in a historic home. And it was registered um, as part of, you know, the National Historic Registry of historic homes and i feel like i'm saying, I'm saying redundant <laughs> that sounds very official I, I like it. we'll <laughs> so go with that the house actually has a name i my father recently gave me um a printout of that it's like three different it's like the sal Beatty odom reese home i think named after the first three owners of the house but we would wow um, almost annually open our home to be part of the tour of homes and which was a lovely experience and I it was a really just you know cool experience growing up in in such a historical home well the plaque on next to the front door uh, to mark it as a historical home had a pineapple on it and I thought that was really cool I also growing up in this house had a nightlight that my mom made for me well she kind of made the lampshade <laughs> but the <laughs> base of it was a golden pineapple and so that was my little nightlight out in the hall that would comfort me at night I still have it it's sitting on my desk over there um, <laughs> yeah and then as I got older and I learned that the pineapple was the symbol for hospitality kind of internationally I thought oh that's really cool and golden pineapple sounds so cute and Pineapples are kind of the rage right now, or they were a couple years ago. So, um, yeah, it just sort of took off from there. And I hired someone to design a logo for me. I love it. I think the logo is so cool. Yeah, she did a great job. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, a lot of uh, ties to my childhood and things that comfort me, but also make me you know, think about the, the tour of homes experience, especially where we got, because, okay, I'm, I am a neat freak, I am organized, I am super clean, and my, the rest of my family is not. So those times that, that we got to really clean the house and get it prepared for the tour of homes for all these people, you know, coming through our house were really special and memorable to me and made me really happy. So I kind of associate it with all those great memories of hosting all these people through our house and yeah, just creating a welcoming environment. I also grew up in a historic home. Um, right. Yeah, I grew up in Indiana, and I grew up in uh, a, a house that was built in 1863, I think. Mm -hmm. So I understand the whole, like, nostalgia of living in a home that's, like, had many lifetimes, you yeah. know? And yeah. sort of those, and there's little things about my my home that, like, I when I think about it, I, uh, you know, it takes me back there. So I think it's just really cool that you sort of tied those things together into uh, the name for your business. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. 
So tell me, how are you surviving in this? Uh, I mean, that's the elephant. I mean, it seems like if we if we don't talk about it at least a little bit, it's like we're just ignoring the reality of the situation, right? So like, tell me, right, right. So just tell me a little bit, like, what's it been like? I mean, I'm sure you're rescheduling dates. I'm sure you're, you know, trying to figure out how to, you know, to make this all work. Um, how, how's your experience been so far with all of this? Oh man, um, there are good days and bad days, good weeks, bad weeks, decent months, not so decent months, because here we are, months later. Um, you know, at first it was slightly panicked, going, oh no, my whole spring wedding season, which was supposed to be one of the biggest, one of the most profitable that I've had as a company, is, go- is gone. I mean, just pulled out from underneath me overnight and so you know at first it was it was fear and then it was okay wait we you know we can manage this it's going to be okay so you know most of those people that were in April and May we just immediately rescheduled um, because we were under government mandate to to do so now um, I am still getting people now for the fall who are looking to postpone to next year um, I've, I've had people who are, you know, looking to book or postpone for a year and a half. So people definitely are, are wanting to get as far away from this as possible in the hopes that maybe next year will be better. Who knows? <laughs> who knows where we'll end up? Um, thankfully, I have not had more than a couple that have had to, you know, flat out cancel uh, that that's the hardest because you want to be as gracious as, as possible. But at the same time, if, if, if we, you know, make certain concessions, we might not be around next year to execute. That's exactly right. For other Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, you try to lay out a, a foundation of making decisions that are going to apply to everyone, but you do have some, kind of look at some of the clients and, and the events on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I do have some weddings that are executing as early as next month and a few that are supposed to happen throughout the end of the year. So I'm hoping as many of those can happen as possible. And now definitely there's been a lot of pivoting in those. Some of them are now for 12 to 15 people. Um, others are reduced from you know 200 to maybe 75 Uh, we're definitely incorporating streaming services um doing everything we can to protect guests in the way of social distancing providing masks hand sanitizer making sure all the staff uh, is masked at all times temperature checks partitions on bars and food stations to keep, you know, to keep the staff separate from the guests. I mean, there's all sorts of factors that are going into play and it's kind of challenge. Well, it's extra challenging, I should say, because we don't have a lot of information from, from the government. We don't have a lot of rules and regulations. We basically just have what they have given to restaurants, which is 10 people per 300 square feet. Venues can then turn around and say, well, this is how many guests we can host. As long as your party is fewer than that, we can do it. And so clients are left with a really hard decision of, okay, just because my event can happen, ethically should it? Like, Mm -hmm. am I comfortable taking on the responsibility of that? 
And so it's, you know, trying to walk clients through that decision-making process and, and I don't have all the answers. I, I can only give my best recommendations and support them in whatever they choose to do. Right. I, I, I couldn't echo that statement any, any more. I mean, I feel like right now we don't have all the answers um, and it's become such a highly politicized issue yeah. um, rather than a, uh, an health issue right. um, that it, it's almost like there's not a, there's not a winning situation. Almost. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, it's, not. it's hard because there's so much joy and happiness and also stress that goes into wedding planning. But a lot of that joy and happiness has been, sucked out and just added stress has been added into it and so you know trying to put on a brave face for the people that want to go forward with it and you know trying to make sure they're doing it as responsibly as possible um but still having a little bit of concern you know for yourself and you know being there and being exposed to so many people um and then trying to help them make these hard decisions of should they have the wedding at all should they elope? Should they do a micro wedding? Uh, there's just so many different scenarios. Uh, and it's, it can be hard to help people land on the right decision. So uh, pivoting from that question into something that's maybe more futuristic uh, or future minded, like how have you seen um, consumer confidence be as it uh, pertains to planning 2021 weddings? So people that maybe didn't have their wedding already scheduled now, um, or a corporate event now, but they're looking into 2021. What are you, what are you seeing in, in that realm? Um, I am very hopeful because, and it is kind of our saving grace, my husband and I's family, he's in the events industry too. So it wasn't just myself that was very much impacted by all of this. Uh, he was as well. Um, but what, one thing that has kept us kind of, you know, financially afloat among some of the, you know, government incentives is that people are booking. I have had <clears throat> many new client bookings, some actually for maybe the end of this year. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which, I mean, that's very ambitious and I'm really hoping you know, that that all works out. But I have had lots of new bookings for next year as well. So I am hopeful. I, I think you know, people still wanna move forward. I don't know if their thinking behind that right now is that things will be better and it will be the wedding that they've always dreamed of and envisioned or if they are you know still moving forward under the assumption that they might have to do a micro wedding or they might have to postpone as well i'm not in, i'm not entirely sure how how they're all kind of you know viewing that but they are still booking people are still getting married so i am definitely comforted by that i think people will always get married <laughs> kind of no matter what's going on and that's comforting do they want you know a full vendor team backing them that includes a wedding coordinator or planner Maybe not, but I think, I think a lot of people still do and still will. So, right. It I'm sounds like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like to me from the people that I've spoken with that consumer confidence is still there for 2021, but it's presenting some pretty interesting logistical challenges yeah. because what you have now is people that are rescheduling from the spring and the fall into the spring of next year, 2021. Yeah. And, um, and now is about the time people start wanting to talk about, you know, spring and summer of next year, maybe even into the fall. Yeah. And those people that want to have spring weddings in 2021 are now fighting against the people that have 
switched their wedding from 2020 to 2021. Right. And um, so, I mean, like from a venue perspective and even from a staffing perspective from a, uh, uh, from a, for a company like yourself, um, how do you, how do you sort of navigate those challenges? I mean, like what, what's your sort of protocol? Like if, if a double booking sort of ends up occurring? Yeah. Um, well, thankfully I have only had one that has, I, I had, I had given a date away and then I had a, an, an already booked client who needed to move. They gave me a handful of dates and I was already booked on the date that they landed on. Mm -hmm. And I did, I just went ahead and said, you know what, you guys have been great. I'm just, I'm going to refund you because theirs was definitely under, you know, government mandated could not happen. Um, right. and it, didn't, they, it didn't feel right for them to, to have to be out that money. Um, so I, I felt good about that. I definitely know that that, that was the right thing to do there. I, I have never turned away more business than I have during this time <laughs> because, of <laughs> because of already being booked on, on dates. I'm getting a lot of inquiries for, yeah, the same couple of dates. There's, you know, one Saturday or, um, yeah, a Saturday in April and a Saturday in May that I think I've gotten three or so, in, you know, people interested in these particular dates. And it has been so hard. I mean, it's definitely something that's happened in the past where I've already been booked and, and get an inquiry, but I've not had this volume of people asking about the same dates. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so it's very hard because I, and from my point of view, the people that have had to, to postpone, they still deserve to have their day. They're not any less of value to me as a client just because they were already booked and because right. they have to move. So I'm, I'm not upset with them for taking a prime date for 2021. I, everybody's having to be flexible. Prime dates are <laughs> to me kind of silly at this point. If you want to get married on a Friday or a Sunday, that's fantastic. I say, you've got to do what you've got to do to get it done if you want to get married. So sure. It's involving a lot of flexibility. Um, definitely no resentment for people that have had to postpone. I'm just trying to be as flexible as possible, but sad <laughs> over all of the turned away business for sure. <laughs> right. So, so golden pine, pineapple, I guess, is is mostly you. It's like mm -hmm. you're you're kind of like it, and you're right. sort of a uh, one. I would say uh, it sounds like one sort of uh, event per day type of uh of company at this point is that would that yes. be true definitely uh i do have an assistant she's on site with me um at, at almost every single event she will do rehearsals in my absence so that we can possibly do you know back-to-back -back days but definitely not more than one event in a day so it's it's me i am the company right. <laughs> if you, you book me for your event i will be there for you <laughs> That's cool. Um, I think that gives it a real personal touch. Um, as far as like the future of your business and stuff like that is, is expansion. Like, where do you see like the company in like, say two to five years, do you see yourself like sort of staying in the model that you're in right now, expanding to as you know, clients uh, increase, um, mm -hmm. would you, would you consider expanding beyond just yourself and, and the, um, the very hands-on model that you have right now with just uh, yourself yeah. being at every event? I, I would love to. Um, 
it is, it is something that is so personal to me and I'm a perfectionist. And so putting my name on something mm -hmm. and then releasing some of that control to another person is because I mentioned I'm cautious. That's the, uh, the jump that I'm not quite ready to make if I right. love the idea of it. Um, and we will just have to see, I mean, that's, yes, I would love more than anything to grow it, whether it's, um, kind of having other branches in other cities or having some more planners here in Atlanta so that we can take more than one event on any given day. That would be amazing. But right now, um, I'm just so focused on building quality and getting kind of the way that I do the work structured so that when I go to teach someone, there's a lot, uh, there's not a lot of margin for error and there's not a lot of question to, to how things are done. We kind of just have the way that we do it and we do it that way every time and we do it really well. Right. I, I think that uh, you touched on something really important there is that like the time for expansion comes, uh, I feel like when you find that special person that you, that you bump into um, uh, somehow, some way, Mm -hmm. um, that shares the same vision and same goal. And, and when you find that person, usually that's like the universe sort of telling you, all right, it's time to go. Mm -hmm. It's time to take that next step. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 you know, until it feels natural and it feels, um, you know, uh, organic, um, yeah. in so many ways, it's really important that, you know, you stay the course and, and you wait for that sort of moment to, to come right. about. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's hard, not just for me. I, I have assisted many planners in Atlanta, um, just, you know, showing up day of and, and helping them being their second on site. Um, and with that, I've had conversations with them about, is this something you'd be interested in partnering possibly one day? And my answer was always kind of, honestly, I kind of want to do my own thing, which I think a lot of people that, that want to do the planning, they do want to do their own thing. So it's hard to find people that are willing to join your brand that you've already established as, as you, you know, because it's them linking themselves to not just your company, but to you as a person. And I think a lot of people have a hard time kind of maybe releasing their view on what they thought it would look like for them uh, to join you. Yeah, it's really about playing for the logo, mm -hmm. not yourself, right. you know, like your, your logo, um, the pineapple that sits behind you, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, you're, if you bring somebody on your team, they're playing for that. They're not playing for themselves, you know, right. you're playing for the logo, even though you own the logo, you're still playing for the logo. So like, so it's, you know, it's very much like a sports team in a mm -hmm. way, like as far as like, you know, you, you want good uh, talented people in your organization to play for your team, you know, and if they're, if they're not truly at their heart, a team player, that's going to come out pretty quickly. Right. Um, and, um, and the last thing you want to do is invest a lot of time into somebody um, and then uh, them not, um, you know, be a part of that long-term dream and sort of uh, right. that long-term goal. So, right. yeah. And I always try to be upfront about that when I was approached. And so, I, yes, finding someone who would, who would be the right fit for me now, I definitely understand the challenges behind that. <laughs> right. Because I've been on the other side of it. Right. 
So um, tell us, um, I, I always like to ask this question to everyone because it, everybody always has different answers. And um, I also think it's a really cool way to sort of cross pollinate and give people a chance to know about people that you enjoy. Tell us some of your favorite vendors that you like to work with. It could be anybody um, within the realm of what you do. But, um, but like, what are some of the people that you've worked with in the past and you're like, man, they're like really on it and I really love them. And people that are watching this, maybe in the Atlanta area would say, you should consider these vendors for these other things. So, you know, just caterers, entertainment, you know, et cetera. Sure. Um, well, I still love bold. <laughs> that's awesome. I love, I love that you, that you have such an intimate relationship with those people. That's really cool. It is. It is. I mean, they're still like a family to me, even though unfortunately over, you know, the course of COVID, a lot of the people <clears throat> have had to shift around and, or are no longer there. But it is still, you know, at the core, it's definitely family. So, and they have some fantastic people, uh, you know, the, the culture there historically has just been so great and it's a great opportunity to learn and, and to work with a, um, a pretty consistent, at least mindset behind all of the people that, that will work there. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, let's see, some of my favorites. <laughs> 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 so for hair and makeup which is coming to mind I think probably because I have some phone calls later today um, I love Brushworks and I definitely love Jade Jamrazi she's really cool I got to work with her excuse me <clears throat> I got to work with her for in February for the first time and I thought she was really awesome and definitely on it uh, super responsive and quick with emails which is always a plus <laughs> for me because yes. I'm a zero inbox type person. So I usually move pretty quickly, 24 hours. And, you know, I try to not go beyond 24 hours, but um, anytime someone can get back to me quickly, I am immediately drawn to them. <laughs> um, I love, let's see, for cakes, I love Jeff with Frosted Pumpkin. He is fantastic. He has so many years of experience. His cakes are delicious. They are beautiful. Consistency is key. He's great. Um, other, let's see, other floral. I love Andy Beach. He does beautiful work. Uh, I don't get to work with him as often anymore, um, but I hope that I do again in the future soon. Mm. Um, I do like Amped for DJ services. Um, Holland has been, again, like a quick responder. Um, worked with him and his former partner, Mike, for years and years. And Mike now is focusing on um, his coffee, which is so cool. But uh, they were always at the top of my list. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so I think we could round, uh, round this up with just a, a couple of uh, more statements here. And then I think we'll let you get back to doing all the work you got to do for your clients. But um, maybe just give us a synopsis one more time of just, um, you know, sort of like your core values and sort of like what you, um, what you feel like sets you apart with uh, Golden Pineapple. And we'll, we'll call it a day. Yeah, actually, sorry. Let me go back. <laughs> go back. Go back, please. Let me go back. Let me say, photographers, 
I love working with my husband. He is Aww. a yes. He's what's, a, his, what's his company name? Jack Parada Photography. So yes, it's very straightforward. Um, we're getting to work together actually next month. And then we uh, both have a client in April of next year. And it's not super often that we do get to work together, but it is such a pleasure. <laughs> before, be, before we go on to the, 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 the closing statements, yeah. since you brought this up, yeah. do you guys actually offer packages where you're like kind of together? We will. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll shave some off to, yeah. Uh -huh. if, if you book both of us. Sorry. That's really cool. That's a really cool perk. I mean, you're getting a twofer there. That's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. Yes. We do then have the predicament of finding a babysitter, but that's okay. Because, <laughs> you know, we have, we have some family that can step in there. So, right. um, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. And then, you know, he gets all the information firsthand. <laughs> right. Well, tell us a little, uh, give us a little closing statement of something. It doesn't have to be professional or anything, you know, just, Give us a little something to, uh, to just let the people know that are listening that you're out there and you're available. Yes. So COVID has not stopped people from falling in love, getting engaged. It's not stopped people from getting married. And definitely as you are navigating that exciting, wonderful, happy time in your life, you may need some help along the way. And I would certainly love the opportunity to help, whether it's planning an elopement, planning a micro wedding or planning a big bash for when we can celebrate safely. We would definitely love to be a part of that. There it is folks. You heard it first, right from Kelly's mouth, golden pineapple weddings, check them out. Um, I think the, the website is goldenpineappleweddings.com, right? Indeed. All right, great. I'm, I'm on it today. Um, you are. <laughs> I, I had my coffee. Oh, uh, <laughs> so on it today from the start. Um, I have been just, Anyway, just uh, inside joke, everybody. Uh, anyway, my name's Jacob. This is Kelly, and this has been Southern Wedding Professionals. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Well, uh, have a great day, and we'll talk soon, okay? All right. You too. Bye.